This is African News Tonight on The Voice of America. Hello and welcome. Welcome to African News Tonight from the English to Africa service of The Voice of America, your source for Pan-African news and world developments. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. Coming up on African News Tonight... Fighting terrorism is a collective effort. So we need to work together to continue to engage and we shall succeed in whatever we are trying to do. That's Ben Dere, Executive Secretary of the Accra Initiative, saying cooperation among countries is key in the fight against terrorism. Details coming up also. The Global Climate Conference heads into its final stretch. Peacekeeping troops vow to protect DRC's Goma from advancing M23 rebels. And Malawi struggles to contain one of the worst cholera outbreaks in years. We'll have these stories and more on African News tonight. Our first story, the COP27 Global Climate Summit is still working its way through its agenda in Egypt, and VOA's Heather Murdoch is back to update us. Hello. Has the draft of any agreement or statement from COP27 been released? There is a draft of sorts, about 20 pages, they're calling a non-paper, that was released today. Um, and we believe that will that a lot of that language will be in the final draft. So uh, the activist group Global Campaign to Demand Climate Justice has issued a statement today. What are the key points of that? Well, they issued a statement this afternoon, and some of it was reacting to the, the draft of what we think might be the final decision. Um, what, was, what the decision was not was a clear, comprehensive pathway towards a loss and damage fund for uh, developing nations. And now this group came out to talk about what it is for indigenous communities and uh, other frontline communities in Africa and small island nations, and it was particularly indigenous leaders from the Amazon speaking, and they're deeply disappointed by this. They say that if you go to the front lines of uh, climate change disasters, you almost never find uh, a real concern in international help, and they thought that perhaps this was the time, because it was finally on the agenda, that we would see the international community come together and say enough, and it was time to move and time to protect the most vulnerable people in the world. But this clearly did not happen so far this week. There's still another day to go, but the uh, the leaders of this group were outraged, saying they thought in some ways that this uh, conference was, you know, it was more of a disappointment and we're worse off now than we were before. And uh, any other key developments today you, you care to talk about? Sure. Uh, the UN Secretary General returned to Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt today and issued a statement upon his arrival this evening that urged the leaders of the delegations of the nearly 200 nations here to take these last final days to come together, and he urged them to action. He said, the time for negotiating, the time for people's opinions is over. It's clear we all know what needs to happen, but it, and it's time for strong commitments to action immediately. From Sharmar Czech, Egypt, VOA's Heather Murdoch, thank you for your input. Thank you. 
The Accra Initiative of seven West African countries is meeting in the Ghanaian capital Thursday to discuss ways of preventing the spillover of terrorism from the Sahel region. Islamist militants have gradually spread their activities from Niger to Burkina Faso and Mali to West Africa's coastal states. Kent Mansa reports from the conference in Accra, Ghana. Over the years, West Africa has dealt with chronic instability caused by political crisis and cross-border terrorism. Five West African countries, Benin, Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, Ghana and Togo, established the Accra Initiative in 2017 in order to collaborate against violent extremism in the region. Mali and Niger were admitted as observers before becoming members in 2019. The program promotes information sharing, training of security and intelligence personnel, and cross-border military operations in an often volatile region. Speaking to VOA on the sidelines of the two-day conference in Accra Thursday, Ben Derry, the Executive Secretary of the Accra Initiative, said, Cooperation among countries is key in the fight against terrorism. We sustain that confidence through the efforts that we are making, closer collaboration between the member states of the Accra Initiative and some partners that are already working in the area so that we all get to know that one group of people cannot work without the other. Fighting terrorism is a collective effort. So we need to work together to continue to engage and we shall succeed in whatever we are trying to do. So far, the Accra Initiative has resulted in little tangible action. In 2018 and 2019, member countries conducted joint military operations on their borders, which resulted in the arrest of about 700 suspected terrorists and gang members, and the seizure of homemade weapons. Since then, the threat of jihadist groups has often grown. Ghana's Minister of State Security, Albert Kandapa, said, between July 1st and September 30th of this year alone, there were 264 recorded terrorist attacks in West Africa, resulting in 745 deaths. Kandapa called on member states and the international community to continue their dialogue to come up with a more proactive approach in fighting terrorism. The Sahel and in fact the entire West African region are going through a very difficult moment in history due to the ongoing rapid spread of terrorism and the violent extremism. And it is in recognition of the debilitating impact of the threat of terrorism and violent extremism on countries and the international community that terrorism-related issues have in recent times featured prominently in security discourse at national and also international levels. Participants in this week's meeting include officials from the European Union, ambassadors from the member states, traditional leaders and some regional military officials. The conference is expected to culminate in the summit of member countries' heads of state and government. Kent Mensah for VOA News, Accra, Ghana. In East African Communities Armed Force, led by Kenya, has vowed to protect the city of Goba in the Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo as M23 rebels advance towards the city. Kenya sent hundreds of troops to Goma this week to quell the violence after rebels clashed with the Congolese army. Mohamed Yasuf reports from VOA's African News Center in Nairobi, Kenya. The East African Regional Force Station in Goma says it will fight any attempt by rebel group M23 to take control of the city 
which is home to one million people. The Kenyan commander of the force, Joe Nyaga, said the city will be safe. We are here to protect and defend the Goma International Airport, including the force headquarters as the rest of the processes continue. The commander said the regional force was an intervention force, not a peacekeeping one. M23 fighters are reported to have advanced to within 20 kilometers to Goma, the capital of North Kivu province, after the Congolese army abandoned their defensive positions. East African countries agreed in April to send troops to the DRC to help stabilize the country's eastern region which has seen decades of conflict sparked by the presence of foreign rebel groups and fighting among local groups over control of the area's mines, which produce gold, diamonds, tin and other valuable resources. Belize, Kerege, an independent political and security researcher in eastern Congo, says M23 is mainly concerned about fighting foreign rebels who are terrorizing the local population. They won't come to Goma, he says. They are fighting in the parks and with the Rwandan rebel group FDLR and other militias used by the FDLR. He says they are there to protect their people and properties against those rebels. For now, they are not interested in coming to Goma. There is an ethnic component to the fighting in North Kivu. M23 is made up of Tutsis and has accused the Congo government of failing to protect their families against other rebel groups in the region led by Hutus. Great Lakes region security expert Dismas Nkunda says using force to manage the DRC conflict will create more instability. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that he says, I am hoping it does not boil down into a fierce confrontation between M23 and the East African peacekeeping force. He says that will derail the entire process of peace in Congo because if there is a confrontation between two formal armies, then I fear the ending of the conflict may not be quick as we would have thought. Experts say M23 is one of the country's most heavily armed groups and remains a real threat to the region's stability. The Kinshasa government believes Rwanda to be behind the resurgence of the rebel group in the east of the country an accusation denied by Kigali. The regional force is also tasked with disarming rebel groups in the country, a move Nkunda sees as impractical, if not impossible. There are about 130. He says there are about 133 rebel groups in DRC. Some of them are allied to the government. Others are allied to individual companies that are exploiting the Democratic Republic of Congo minerals and other natural wealth and others belong to various countries. He says the ADF, the Allied Democratic Forces, which is Ugandan, is present and it runs a vast territory. So, Kunda says, for a force of 900 soldiers that Kenya has sent in, in the DRC, which has nine borders and stretches to the Atlantic Ocean, with various rebel groups operating in the country, it is not possible they will be able to disarm those rebel groups. This week, former Kenyan President Uhuru Kenyatta visited the Eastern DRC. He called for increased humanitarian aid and warring parties to engage in peace talks to find a solution to the conflict that has killed hundreds of thousands and displaced millions. Mohamed Yusuf for VA News, Nairobi.
You're listening to African News Tonight on The Voice of America. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. Please note we have moved our programs from voanews.com to voaafrica.com. There you'll find all your favorite VOA radio and TV programs and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com. Health officials in Malawi are struggling to contain one of the worst cholera outbreaks in years. The outbreak has spread nationwide, killing more than 250 people and infecting more than 8,000. In response, authorities and aid groups have stepped up cholera vaccination and hygiene campaigns, as as Lamek Masina reports from Blantyre, Malawi. Malawi and its authorities are struggling to keep a cholera outbreak that has spread to nearly all the country's 28 districts. Dora Mafurinwam is in charge of the Limbe Clinic in Blantyre. The cholera situation as of currently, we are receiving a, a lot of cases every day. Yeah. So the numbers have spiked at the moment. We're getting about maybe four or three patients per day. The situation is more critical in areas where residents use water from untreated sources like rivers where bacteria can spread the diarrheal illness. Elida Peel is a resident of Blantas Chigumula Township. She says we used to have tap water in my area but all the taps were vandalized and also it's very hard to access water from boreholes because most of them are not working. Health workers fear the increase in cases will overwhelm clinics. Our camp, we've got about four beds in one room and the other four beds in the other room. And most of the times they're getting full well and it is a dry season when the cholera season has not started. So we should expect more cases and we might not have enough space for everyone when the rainy season starts. Malawi started vaccinating against cholera in May with support from the World Health Organization. But community health workers say the uptake has been slow because many people shun the vaccine. Tam Chinula is a senior health surveillance assistant at Ndilande Clinic in Blanta. They often ask why we are bringing so many vaccines. She says... They fear the vaccine might cause infertility. They say the vaccine is meant for children without knowing that anyone can receive the vaccine depending on the gravity of the outbreak at hand. Malawi this month received nearly 3 million doses of cholera vaccine with support from the WHO, the Global Vaccine Alliance, and the UNICEF Children Fund, UNICEF. In the meantime, Health workers are educating communities on the need to get the vaccine and how to sanitize water supplies to make them safe for drinking. Lamek Masina for VOA News, Blanta, Malawi. African women entrepreneurs from 35 countries have called for more support from lenders and governments to help them benefit from the African free trade area. Meeting in Cameroon's capital for the UN-sponsored African Women Entrepreneur Forum, the women say their businesses are mostly small, informal, and suffer discrimination. Moki Edwin Kinzeka reports from Yaoundé, Cameroon. 
More than 200 women from 35 countries are meeting in Yaoundé for the second African Women Entrepreneurs Forum under the theme Female Entrepreneurs, Challenges and Opportunities. The African Continental Free Trade Area that started in 2021 brought great hope that a market of 1.2 billion people would boost women-run businesses and reduce poverty. But while Africa's women entrepreneurs still see opportunities, they also face many challenges. Former interim president of the Central African Republic, Catherine Samba Panza, spoke Wednesday night at the forum. She said many women are missing out on the opportunities of trade integration because their small businesses have low productivity and get little or no funding from governments and lenders. Je suis venu non pas seulement en tant que ancienne chef de l'État. Panza says as CAR's former president and an African female leader, she wants African governments and funding agencies to know that a majority of Africa's 30% of women entrepreneurs need assistance. She says the COVID-19 pandemic, climate disruptions, persistent armed conflicts in Africa and Russia's war in Ukraine are affecting most female-owned businesses. Panza added that many female businesses in the CAR, Cameroon, Chad, Mali, Niger and Nigeria have been forced to close because of armed conflicts. Women entrepreneurs say they often face harassment and discrimination in Africa's male-dominated trade. Niger's director for the promotion of rural enterprises, Biso Nakatuma, led a 15-member delegation to the three-day Yaoundé Forum. She says women who want to export their farm produce and benefit from opportunities offered by the African Continental Free Trade Area are targeted by customs and police officers who want bribes. Nakatuma says women are forced to depend on their families and communities to fund their businesses because banks refuse to give loans to female investors. The forum demanded a stop to discriminatory practices against women entrepreneurs. It also called for more access to financing for women-led businesses, including export credits and guarantees. Ashir Basiliken is Cameroon's Minister of Small and Medium-Sized Enterprises. He says Africa's economic ministers are committed to solving the challenges for women that were raised at the forum. I am convinced that uh, women entrepreneurs from various countries of Africa will uh, go back to their respective countries with a clearer vision, a clearer picture of what the continental FTA is about and how they can take advantage of this wonderful opportunity which happens to be the continental free trade area. Despite the challenges, the forum said female entrepreneurs this year contributed an estimated $350 million to Africa's economic growth, about 13% of the continent's gross domestic product or GDP. The UN says the female economy is the world's largest emerging market with the potential to add $12 trillion to global GDP by 2025. Moki Edwin Kinzuka for VOA News, 
Yaoundé, Cameroon. World Cup action kicks off Sunday in Qatar. Fans around the world are getting ready for the action. And some businesses, business owners are preparing too. Ismail Felix owns a restaurant in Accra. He spoke with journalist Isa Yesus about how he's getting ready for World Cup fans coming to watch the games. This is where normally the boys come to watch football. Formerly we used to have one TV, but because of the World Cup, we, we are preparing, we have added three televisions. And even we have one down there. And then also I've been able to purchase a new generator for the upcoming World Cup. So we are getting there. I'm a Ghanaian, so first I will say my team will shine. My players that I think will shine. I'm looking at Lionel Messi and then um, Kylian Mbappe and then um, Neymar. I think it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be more and more wonderful. And that wraps up this edition of African News Tonight. I'm Iheyes Wuhib in Washington. For all the latest developments on the continent 24-7, visit our website at voaafrica.com. On behalf of our producer, Mokbilia Baro, and our engineer, Shogun Chung, thanks for choosing the Voice of America. Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA, VOA's newsmaker interview program. 
Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com slash PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at voanews.com or connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash VOA or on Twitter at VOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music, from bubble music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Dumbolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 